Hello, top of the list listeners. Wow, that's kind of hard to say. Top of the list listeners. Um, <laughs> good start. I am good your start. <laughs> yeah, good start. <laughs> I am your your host, Dom, here with my co-host, RB. Say what's up, RB. What's up, RB? <laughs> <laughs> and we're we are here. Oh, yeah, we're right. we're having a great time today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the topic of today's episode, The Northman, a newly released film from director Robert Eggers, one of my favorite directors out there. Um he started off in horror at with the witch and he kept going with the lighthouse. Um, I thought the witch was great. Thought the lighthouse was even better. I, I think that movie was, is a masterpiece to this day. And now we got his third film, the Northman out here. Um, RB hasn't seen the witch. He did see the lighthouse. Uh, didn't like it that much. Thought it was kind of, um, too confusing a little bit. And, uh, but now we're here with the Northmen, and um, I'm going to hand it over to RB in just a second. But I want to preface this one with um, I was excited for RB to see this one because this movie um, from, you know, I had to read up on it because this guy's one of my favorite directors. Um, this was what he was pitching as the most entertaining blockbuster film that Robert Eggers can make as an Artur cine- cinematic filmmaker. And um, so he, he in other words, he made this to appeal to the masses, if you could. And, and even in this one, I still think it doesn't appeal to a lot of people, but you know what? Um, we're going to discuss all of that. So let, let's talk about our overall thoughts, RB, and our scores. Um, I want to hear what you got to say first. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think you're going to regret wanting to hear what I have to say. Um, as Dom alluded to earlier, I am not a Robert Eggers fan, at least from the previous uh Film I had seen, I have not seen The Witch, not a big horror fan, did not like The Lighthouse, left me sort of scratching my head. I would put this even with, if not a notch below The Lighthouse. And why I say that is because at least with The Lighthouse, even though I didn't understand the film, I had to applaud Robert Eggers because it was a completely, completely original film. This film almost felt like he kind of just mailed it in. This is the story of Omleth. This is a uh, Nordic epic poem that actually William Shakespeare uh, based Hamlet off of. And he kind of just just stuck with it. Got a, an, an excellent cast. I think it was excellently, excuse me, excellently acted. But, you know, it, it seemed unoriginal. It seemed like what I was sitting there and watching, I had a very similar feeling when I went and watched with you, Dom, and we reviewed this film and disagreed about it, The Green Knight. It felt like, a taking of a piece of literature, a piece of old literature, uh, I wouldn't say ancient, but very dated literature, and putting it to cinema. And that was it. Was it aesthetically pleasing? Were there some very nice cinematography and some great shots? Absolutely. Was it well acted? Yes. It just didn't seem like, especially after coming off of The Lighthouse, this was Robert Eggers' best work. Um, Like I said, I respect the guy. He's not my favorite director. But this one, I'm going to give a five and a half out of 10, just one step over that average movie. Dang, I didn't expect that at all, because I honestly thought this was one of the most thrilling movies I've seen in many, many years. Um, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was locked in. Um, I thought that there was not one single slow spot in the entire movie. I thought it was just moved from scene to scene to scene. I thought it was... I, I, for lack of a better term, RB, I, I don't use this often. I thought this was a perfect film. Honestly, this is a 10 out of 10 in my book. Um, 
And, you know, I, I love The Lighthouse and I admit that movie is not for everybody. Not everyone's going to go and enjoy that one. For this one, I think that a lot of people will find enjoyment. But like you said, there is there is one thing that I will say. It's not fully original. It is, you know, another Hamlet. We had several in, incarnations of Hamlet. You know, Lion King is another one. Um, it, it, the Hamlet story has been done over and over, but not in this way before. Not with Vikings, not in this kind of era. Well, I mean, it, it has as Omleth. Like I right. said, this, this is the. But, I mean, I'm talking about a really, movie. Right, yes. But yeah. this is the William, what William Shakespeare based Hamlet off of was this piece of, of Nordic text. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So they haven't made a movie like this. Um, okay. But the one thing I did think that it was very similar to, which isn't a bad thing at all, is, is you know, an Oscar award winning film is The Gladiator with Russell Crowe from Ridley Scott. I thought this film was very, uh, had a, a very similar style to that one. Um, although I thought this one was a lot darker in, in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, so, you know, for me, this was a 10 out of 10 in my book. And, you know, while I think that, you know, your general audience viewer might not like it as much as I do, I think that this one is infinitely more appealing to your general audience viewer than The Lighthouse, than The Witch. So I do have to applaud yeah. him for that. Well, I mean, that that was what this film felt like. And like I said, you know, you you prefaced this film before I went and saw it and told me this was a film that Robert Eggers was making for the first time, not so much as an art house cinema, but as a film for the masses. So I was excited for that. I, I thought the film would be a, a little more understandable than The Lighthouse and maybe relatable. Um, and I definitely got that. But, you know, you you explain this film as flowing from scene to scene. There wasn't a slow point. To me, that was almost its undoing. I felt like a lot of this was action sequence to action sequence to just get an audience interested in the film, a, a larger audience than, say, The Lighthouse, that was a film that was a lot of exposition, a lot of just conversation, not a lot of action. Some Some decent action scenes when it would happen in The Lighthouse. I don't know action is the right word, but some some captivating sequences this was all action and a lot of you know pill, you know vikings pillaging you know towns and stabbing and blood and guts and gore and i mean i think that was just to hold the attention of a general audience i i felt like i felt like almost robert eggers went away from his style and like i said i didn't like his style but at least it was original and this this didn't feel to me like a robert eggers film Oh, this totally felt like a Robert Eggers movie from from scene one. Uh, you know, the opening shot with the guy talking over the shot, long shot of the volcano. And then, you know, we get that cut pan to the the shot of the island. That, that shot was like a recreation of the shot of the lighthouse we first see at the beginning of the lighthouse. Yeah, okay, let me, right let, me, let me rephrase that because there were some Robert Eggers shots. An another shot when we see him with the boat, you know, running away and immediately pushing the boat. Oh, yeah. We have the cut from, you know, I will, I will save you, mother, or I will... Avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Fiel Fieldor. Fieldor. Um, yeah. And then it cuts to you know the next sequence, which is the land of Rus. Um, you know there were definitely some Robert Eggers shots, but like I said, to me this felt like an action thriller, which is I don't think how it was billed as. It wasn't what I was expecting necessarily. I was just searching for a deeper meaning in this film, which is what I spent all the lighthouse doing. And I think there were meanings so deep that I couldn't get to them. This one, I didn't, I didn't feel that vibe at all. This one, I felt like everything was just thrown there for you. I think there was one good twist that really got me, which is why I give it a five and a half instead of a, a five out of 10, but that, that was about it. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Should we go into spoilers now that yeah, we've both let, given it? Let's go okay. into spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that twist here, RB. Are we talking about Nicole Kidman's twist? Yes, absolutely. I love that sequence. I thought it was fantastic when he finally faces his mother. And the whole time, you know, like like Ryan said, the catchphrase of the movie, it's in the trailer. I'm gonna I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. And he goes and he thinks he's about to save his mother when all along. It was her idea to have his father killed. And I thought that was really great and how she appealed to Felgor. Um, Felgor. I can't pronounce the names. I'm, I'm yeah. not a Northman. Un- but, uncle uh, F. Yeah, <laughs> the uncle. We'll just say, we'll just call him yeah. the uncle. Yeah. So yeah, he appealed to the uncle and uh, she appealed to the uncle and it was her plan all along. And I thought another great twist too was that she never really loved Ethan Hawke, um, which is... Um, Emily's father in this one and that was because she was his slave that he raped and uh you know he was forced upon uh her basically and that's how Emilith came to be and you know so he was a he was a guy born of a rape and I thought that was added a lot to the to the story as well I it was a great twist I I had to have to say I was caught off guard by it and I was surprised See, and, and I like the twist, but I, I had an inkling a lot of the film. I mean, we kept, especially once we got to Iceland and, and seeing uh, seeing how Nicole Kidman acted opposite uh, Fieldor, Fieldor, I, I got that vibe. that There was know, a little even, hint, yeah. Even, even in the beginning of the film, uh, when, when she offers, you know, Fieldor her cup at the, at yeah. the banquet when, when the king first comes back. Um, you know, and Willem Dafoe even says, oh, this woman's, you know, let him had uh, two men drink from her cup. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of a hint, too. Exactly. So I, I think there was a lot of foreshadowing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was I was flabbergasted or dumbfounded by the twist, but I think it was well executed um, uh, with the cinematography and the cuts between uh, Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård. Gotcha. Um so where, what else can we talk about this movie? I mean, it was, let, let's talk about what you were commenting on before, like the deeper meaning of the movie and how you mm-hmm. thought this one was a little more surface level. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's backtrack to The Lighthouse. That was totally, you know, a metaphorical film. You know, we, we, we've discussed it before, you, you and I, RB, how it's, it's kind of like a play on the Icarus uh, flying too close to the sun, right, you know, yeah. burns his wings and falls to the ground. And that's Robert Pattinson's character in that film. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it was a, a Boston accent, you know, old movie about sailors, but it was also an analogy to a Greek mythology. Um, can't really pull that off in this film, right? In the Northman, because it is an, it is a mythology itself, you know? And um, I just thought that the deepest meaning of this movie was about our main character. He had an amazingly great character arc in this film, I thought. Um, what did you think about Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how I felt about the story arc. Uh, and, and that's sort of what I was I was thinking how this film was going to end when we get him and Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, on, on the boat sailing away and he's escaping his faith. That's what I, I thought the meaning of this film was going to be, was about, you know, a transition from old to young. And this is how, you know, the beginning of how we get to where we are today of choosing our own fate. We're not guided by the fate, but he goes back and, and 
completes his initial quest, you know, despite all the twists and turns. Besides, despite him not having to save his mother, you know, or his mother not in peril, despite him being sort of a bastard son that they didn't want, you know, not that they didn't well, want, but that her, his mother. Didn't I think. Want. Yeah, go ahead. I think you're on the right track, RB. You're mm-hmm. on the right track. He did make his own fate there. And the reason why he made his own fate is because the whole reason he went back, he, he wouldn't have gone back if he didn't find out that Olga, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, was pregnant with his with his children. And mm-hmm. that's why he had to go back. Like he said, in the prophecy given by uh, the, the sorceress earlier in the movie, she had said, you know, um, you're going to have to choose between kindness to your kinship, your kinship, I think, is what she said, and your quest for rage. Yes. And he said, well, I choose both. And that's him choosing his own fate is that he's not only fulfilling his vengeance for his father, but he's also doing it because he has no choice because if he doesn't kill this guy, this guy's going to come after his children once they're born and, and end his family's line. So he has to go and kill this guy. I thought that was great. I, I, I guess, but I, I mean, where, what I took it from, you know, why he was able to escape, he had ended Fjolgor's line. I mean, he had killed both of his sons, his wife, well, exactly. And please. he's going to go and get revenge on Amalith for that. I, OK, I, I, I guess. Know? I guess. Yeah, um, he, was, he was out for revenge after he killed the, the older son. Right. And then the mother and the younger son were still alive at that point. But he returned. That's and right. That's right. Them. He returns after he finds out she's pregnant. OK, I was, I was mixed up with my I thought he just returns to the uh, the gates of hell. No, he, he returns back to the village and then he faces yeah. the mother, kills the mother, kills his younger brother. And then mm-hmm. he says, meet me at the gates of hell. The, the gates of hell, yes. Which I do have to say, the, the battle at the gates of hell, freaking awesome. I, I well, loved it. What do well you think? Done. Extremely well done. Yep. Well yeah. choreographed. You knew how it was going to end, though. I mean, we knew this was a Hamlet story. We knew one could not survive without the other. Right. Um, and I, I thought that that last sequence was very neat. The, you know, uh, Omleth decapitating Fjolgor as he's stabbed through the chest. I mean, perfectly timed and well, well shot. This movie, I'll just tell you right now, RB, I think my, I might be a little biased on it, but this movie just injected me with testosterone, man. This was like freaking awesome. I got so hyped when I got home. I was like doing push-ups and lifting weights. I was like, <laughs> damn, I want to be like the Northman, man. That, <laughs> that was so sick. Like, um, and th- th- this brings me to another movie comparison that has, not many similarities at all, but like this is it's another macho movie that comes to mind is the original Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That movie, I know Ryan hasn't seen it, but uh, it, that movie just always gets me in a in a mood. And and that leads me into why I give this one a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, like, you know, we always say these scores are just for us. Right. You know, yeah. we, we don't we don't give it for everybody. We give it because based on what we like, this is our opinion. And in right. my opinion, this was a 10 out of 10 because this one made me feel some way after the movie. It, gave, it put me in a certain mood. Not every movie can put you in a certain mood. You know, you could watch, sorry, Ryan, to insult your, your, uh, your buddy Adam Sandler here, but you could watch Hubie Halloween and forget about it five minutes after the credits roll. The Northman, I was thinking about it. I was feeling yeah. it. I felt like I was in Iceland, you know, it, even after we left the theater. And, yeah. and that's why I gave it 10 out of 10. Yeah, and I, I just didn't get that vibe. But once again, we like different films, and we've, yeah. we've discussed this multiple times on this show. You know, this was a film that I walked out of saying, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> great. That was, that was interesting. They, they went for it. Um, I, do, I do want to ask, have you seen The, the Gladiator with Russell Crowe? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yes. big fan of that film. That yeah. that's a film that 
I I had I don't know maybe it was just because uh, Russell Crowe played it so well you know that I feel like the character was relatable. I just I didn't feel anything for maybe it was because I was conflicted because to me our hero was truly not a hero in the sense of uh, you know Alexander Skarsgård's character Omleth. We when we have that twist it makes us question everything and through the rest of the film I'm thinking you know. Fjeldgård is not really that bad of a guy. It sounds like Amla's dad sucked and nobody told him, so therefore Amla sucks. I mean, throughout the however many years it is between him being a kid and escaping and him becoming this Northman, I mean, he's, he sucks. He's going, he's pillaging these towns. He's, you know, we see him, they gather all the children after they pillage this town and put them in a house and burn them all alive. You know, they're selling all the people that they don't kill the slavery. I mean, he's not a good person. And, and yeah. And, and he gets to yeah. ride off to quite literally ride off into the sunset, ride off to Valhalla. Yeah. With, and, with the muse and, carrying him away. And that that kind of left me conflicted. With the Valkyrie. Yeah. With, with the uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of plays into my my whole liking of his his story arc, RB, is that um you know, that fateful decision on the boat with Olga played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, he had the choice to live a simple life with her, not a simple life, but a good life, you know, to, to live. Whereas he chose just like, you know, like you said, he's not a good guy. He had to make the choice because, you know, even his mother predicted it. She says, all you've known your whole life is death. And he admitted to it. He's like, yes, that's all I've known. And, you know, you have to realize that in this North mythology, in this, you know, religion, you only get into Valhalla by die, dying on the battlefield. Die in battle, yes. Yeah, and that's what the whole point of it was. So it wasn't him being rewarded for being a good person. It was rewarding him for fulfilling his warrior's, you know, quest. And that's right. that's all it was about. It, without a doubt, yeah. And yeah. and that's why I was, uh, with seeing the lighthouse, I was waiting for, you know, there to be another twist, like the Valkyrie was going to fall out of the sky or drop him from the sky because he was not a good person or something. Hmm. And I, it just didn't quite get there for me. Like I said, got it. Yeah, this was to me. I'm, I'm glad I went and saw this as a matinee today and didn't throw away $15 to go see this <laughs> because to me, this was a movie that I'd put on on like sci-fi channel and just like watch before I go to bed. It's a lot of great action. It was, you know, some really well stunted action scenes. But as for the story, it just, you know, it, it was the story of Hamlet portrayed in a different, even in a different light with a lot of action, and a lot of blood and gore and cutting people's noses off and stabbing dude, them through their nose holes. that was so awesome, dude. I was, I was, I was so hyped when he did that. He's like, he's like, I was, I was, when I was the cub, I bit your nose off and now I return the wolf to take the rest. And he's like, yes. yeah. that was so badass. And one of my other favorite scenes while we're talking about it. How about the battle for the Nightblade in the, I think it's called the Mound, the Dark Mound. Oh, the, the Mound Man? The Mound Man, yeah. yeah. And, dude, that was awesome, man. That uh, I don't, I, Have you, have you ever played Skyrim, Ryan? You see me no, play Skyrim? I, I have not, no. Okay, Sky, Skyrim is, is a pretty famous video game, and it, it, had, it has a Northman kind of style mythology behind it, Norse, you know, style. And, um, you know, that was... That, that was bringing me back. I felt like I was watching Skyrim the movie for, for my Skyrim <laughs> fans out there. That was awesome. Find, seeing him find this blade that can only be drawn during the night. Ah, man, it was, it was just awesome. I, I just love that aspect of it. So I got to point that out. Um, 
Um, I, I think I, I would like to call out, we, you know, we've talked a lot about Alexander Skarsgård, some other star, uh, standout performances. I thought absolutely brilliantly done by Anya Taylor-Joy, who we most recently, or at least I had most recently seen perform in The Queen's Gambit, which we also thought was absolutely excellent and just another home run role for her, definitely. Uh, to- completely different role, showing her excellent range of acting. And I thought she was awesome as Olga in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I think we've covered about as much as we should, you know, for this one. Um, let's talk about Fantastic Beasts. Are oh. we, wa- are we going to, are we going to do that next week? I assume that would be, okay. that, yes. So have, have you seen Fantastic Beasts yet? No, I haven't gotten to see, seen it yet. Okay. I think then let's next week, you go see that and we'll discuss all three Fantastic Beasts films. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but okay, that, yeah. that'll be a fun one because uh, for those of you who don't remember, what was it? Two weeks ago, we did the review of all the Harry Potter films. That was in preparation for Fantastic Beasts as they have gotten, as they've worn on closer and closer to the Harry Potter stories, which I don't know about you, Dom, but made me really hype for them because the first one wasn't all that connected and it kind of bummed me out. But the second and now the third, you know, obviously being titled Secrets of Dumbledore, um, take us a lot more into the wizarding world and connections between the Harry Potter films and, uh, and the fantastic beast films. So we'll, we'll save that one for next week. Once you get a chance to see the, uh, the newest one, fantastic beast secrets of Dumbledore. I too like to go to the matinee RB. Let me just throw <laughs> that out there for you for a second here. Cause I like to go on Tuesdays, you know, just, just a little behind the scenes talk here at the NRB. We record <laughs> on Wednesdays. That's why we record on Wednesdays. I like to go on Sheep Movie Tuesday. I go to Maya Cinemas in Fresno. $7 movies every Tuesday, any, all day, all day long from, you, you know, go. the time they open till they close at night. That's what I love. That's what yes, I love, yep. RB. I'm same, same with me. Uh, $8, <laughs> you know, uh, Cinemark. Cinemark yep. Movie Pass, for those of you who are interested in what subscriptions we belong to for movies. Formerly both uh, movie, no movie pass holders. This is Cinemark Movie Club. Um, Cinemark Movie Club. Uh, you'll get eight dollar Tuesday tickets, and then matinee tickets Monday through Friday are seven twenty five. Will Will anything ever be as good as the Movie Pass RB? Uh, I don't know. Did you ever uh, attend the uh, Movie Pass two meeting? I did get invited to that RB. But I did not attend. Me neither, because okay. I, I do not believe in there's there's no way to pull it off. It was the best uh, spring. I think it came out. I was on spring break my junior year of college. It was the best spring break to first half of summer break my junior year of college ever, because I was literally going to a movie every other night. I was seeing things I didn't even want to see. I went and saw <laughs> um, Hotel Artemis. Do you remember that movie? Did you yeah. ever see it with uh, Dave Bautista? And uh, I think yes. it was uh, the, the, the one from Scream. Yeah, uh, I, I, did, I did see that one. I, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't either. And I didn't even want to see it. But it was like, hey, I'm Tuesday night. I got <laughs> nothing to do. I'm going to go see Hotel Artemis. Man said, I don't even want, I was seeing things I didn't even want to see. Yeah, because I had <laughs> that. Damn, yeah. No, dude, that, you're right. That came out our junior year in college, man. And, you know, it's great because you could get your friends to get into it, too. It was, mm-hmm. it was a low, low cost entry. You got the card, so you felt cool with the card. And, you know, I had my friend Daisy and we went to a bunch of movies together with it. And, man, yeah. yeah now, 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 now we're getting in. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but we're having a good time with it. Oh, yeah. Um, 
You know, with MoviePass, do you remember the first time you went to the movie theater, you bought, you reserved your ticket, they swiped your card, they said, um, sorry, there's no movie reserved here. And the frustration, because I remember sitting trying to get on the phone with MoviePass, like, hey, my movie starts in 10 minutes, I'm here at the theater, they don't have my seat, what's going on? Yeah. You, yeah, do you remember it was first glitchy at first and i i do remember you telling me about this and that was one of the reasons why i waited longer to get it than you no, and no, that's no, why no. i didn't this, have that this was, problem this was when it stopped working altogether oh i never had problems right at the beginning this was the oh last this was the last time use movie pass it was the end of that summer my junior year because i was interning and i went to go see uncle drew I remember that. Oh my gosh. It was like the night it came out and I went to go see Uncle Drew at San in Santa Clara because uh -huh. that was the closest movie theater to where I was interning down in San Jose. And they didn't have my ticket. And I sat there and I was yelling at the manager of the movie theater. <laughs> I'm yelling on the phone at Movie Pass. Can't get a hold of anyone. And I didn't get to go see my movie. I had to pay full price for it. I was very angry. Oh, you and ended up paying for it. Yeah, because I wanted to see it. Damn. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that did for happen. Like an to me. hour and a half later showing, so I had to go find dinner somewhere in Santa Clara. Yeah. So that wow. that that is the last memory I have of Movie Pass because shortly thereafter they said Movie Pass is done. I remember using my Movie Pass to see Black Panther, uh, three times, and I remember using my Movie Pass to see Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, yes. three times as well. I, I, I saw both of those <laughs> once with my movie pass. I may have seen Infinity War twice with it. it did, and didn't they eventually put something where you can only see a movie once or something like that? They Right right before it went under, I think they put it so that you could only see one the same movie once in the same week. Right. So you right. couldn't go see Black Panther on Tuesday night and Friday night. You had to wait a week until you could see Black Panther again. Right, yeah. Yeah. Man. I wish they would bring it back, but like you said, we don't. I don't think there, it's going to happen. There are some good subscription services out yeah. there for sure. I know Cinemark you, is a good one. AMC Cinemark, is a good one. AMC, I know you. You were a big fan of, and you know, movie theaters. They're they're doing their best to get people in the doors still. You know, recovering from the pandemic with discount Tuesdays. I know out here we had free movie Monday uh, all last summer that you and I took advantage of at oh, yeah. uh, Icon Showplace Icon, which are a few theaters scattered throughout the United States. Um, I like the showplace icon. But fingers crossed movie theaters will be along for the foreseeable future, even with all these awesome streaming services, because there's something special about going in and watching a movie on the big screen. So for those of you out there who are more fans of the streaming service, we do encourage you to get back to the theater. Of course, patronize the streaming services as well. They're great. But uh, that's our PSA on keep movie theaters in business. Absolutely. So let's leave it there, RB. We'll get back to you with our review of Fantastic Beasts next week. Um, if you want to find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast service that you may use, we are uh, usually our episodes go live 24 hours in the podcast directories after we upload them here on Wednesday afternoons. So you can find us there. Just type in top of the list and we'll be there. Um, leave us a review on any of those services should you deem us worthy of the review. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Later, everybody.